the Make Share Grow podcast. I'm artist Julie Marriott, and I created this podcast to share behind the scenes stories of art, craft, and the creative process. Hey guys, this week I'm so excited to have my very first guest on the show. Um, I hope you really enjoy these interviews. I had a lot of fun doing them and getting to hear about a bunch of different artists and their studio spaces. So today is Katie Climola. She is a painter, a wife, and a mom of five living in a Toledo, Ohio. Her colorful work encompasses still life, landscapes, animals, and more, but it's her signature floral paintings that caught my eye when I discovered her work for the first time. While you're listening, go check out her art so you can see what I mean and what we're talking about. You can find her on Instagram at Katie underscore Climola. It's spelled K-A-T-I, then an underscore, and then K-L-E-I-M-O-L-A. When I first saw Katie's work, I was so drawn in by how many layers and layers of color she uses and how many changes, edits, and reworks her paintings go through. Her florals have such a wonderful, dense, atmospheric quality to them, and I couldn't wait to hear all about her creative process. So let's go ahead and dive into our conversation. Hi, Katie. Thank you for being on the show with me today. Oh, thanks for having me. This is great. I'm so excited to talk with you about your paintings. Your paintings are gorgeous. I have been following you, I feel like, on Instagram for a couple years. I think I discovered you pretty soon after I was getting involved on Instagram, which was like two or three years ago, at least. So, using Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. I remember you were working on these really beautiful uh, circle paintings when I was first um, starting to see your work. So yay. I'm I'm really excited to talk about your your art and your process. I think that um, something that we don't get to hear a lot about from artists is more the process side of your work. It's more, at least on podcast, I feel like I hear more about the business side. So I'm really excited just to like dig in and get into all like the fun nuts and bolts of, of how you make your paintings. Um, Love that. So before, yeah, before we get started or started talking about the, all of the nitty-gritty fun stuff. Would you mind sharing just sort of how you came to be making the paintings that you're making today? Sure. Um, well, I've always made art. Um, and I studied at art school and um, probably a couple of years into art school, I was still kind of finding my style. And then I actually fell in love with teaching. And so I transferred out of art school to um, a university to finish up my art education degree. And I taught for eight years and I just kind of made art off and on as I was teaching. And then I got to a point where my life was just so busy and crazy that I kind of took a little bit of pause from creating on a regular basis. And it was a couple of years ago where I was just really missing that creative outlet. And so I started making just work to get me started. And that's kind of where um, I started the work I'm doing now. It kind of, um, it was kind of a link between work I was currently doing, but then it had kind of a different, uh, take on some themes I had already been working on. Had you been painting florals before or was that like a new direction? No. So actually 
art has always kind of been like a therapy for me. So whatever's going on in my mind or what I'm struggling with or emotionally, I, I've always turned to art to kind of solve those issues a little mm. bit for myself. And when I was younger, um, it looked very literal. Um, you know, all my emotions were just very raw and on the, on the canvas. And it, it was interesting to look at, but not necessarily something you wanted to hang on in your walls. And um, it almost was uncomfortable for me because I felt like when people looked at it, they were almost looking at like my diary or journal. And so in, while I enjoyed like painting and creating like that, it wasn't um, really practical art to sell and to hang in your home. And then the florals kind of happened when we, my husband and I bought our house about six years ago. And that was kind of when I was, was not making art as frequently. And our yard was just filled with all these blooms and flowers and just great texture and plants. And um, I just would pick bouquets. And just to get started painting again, I would paint bouquets just to get me going. And then I kind of learned that um, by doing that, I was able to still put my emotions and stories into them. The same as I was before, but this time I was doing it in a way where it was more aesthetically pleasing to your house. And it was something that I was creating that felt good to me, but I also wanted to hang in my house and I felt proud of that. So that's kind of how the florals um, came about. That's awesome. Yeah, they're beautiful. They're so layered. And that's one of the things I think that really drew me to your work initially was watching you on Instagram and how they like go through a million stages. And I remember this one painting that you shared was like, uh, I don't remember what the color of the background was at one time, but I remember commenting and saying, Oh, I love that color. And you're like, uh Oh, it's like, has gone through two different color changes since the, <laughs> since I posted this picture. It was just really cool to see like how um, how they have so much depth and texture, and that totally makes sense. That it's like you know layers of of emotions and and stuff like that. So that's really really cool. Um, where where is your studio space? Could you kind of describe it and kind of give us like a little tour, maybe like how we're Imagine they're sort of walking through your, your creative space and what would we see? What do you have laid out? How do you kind of have it set up? Sure. So I actually paint from home. Um, we uh, live in a big Victorian house, which is great because it has lots of bedrooms. And um, one of the bedrooms in the back of the house is, is perfect lighting and size for a studio. And it actually has um, an airing deck as well. I don't know if you call them airing decks. In Ohio, we say airing decks, but it's like a little door with a balcony. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So that I use in the summertime to paint on. And then my studio is just pretty basic. It's just a room with white walls, a big closet that I can store all my paintings and supplies. And one of the areas of my room has a table with workspace for a computer and a desk. And then I just have easels set up. And I mean, most time it's usually kind of a mess, but um, it works. <laughs> and I like being able to paint from home. So I can be around my kids more and my family. So it's a, it's a good, happy medium. Yeah, that sounds really nice. I love working from home too. I have a little um, room that's sort of like our storage, our office and my studio is like the tiny third bedroom of our house. And yeah, like being a stay at home mom, I love, you know, having that flexibility that we don't have to like travel to a new, a new place and having all of that like time out of your day, like having to go from here to there if I had to do it that way yeah into studio I don't think I would get nearly as much accomplished yeah I totally agree cool so what kind of um 
what are your art materials like? Because your paintings seem like they have, like you kind of mixed mediums maybe a little bit. I see some like spray paint or things like that. So tell me about that. Like what are the materials that you have around in your studio? I work um, pretty much just in acrylic. And the nice thing about acrylic is that there's so many different mediums you can mix into acrylic paint. So I use both heavy body acrylics and I use um, fluid acrylics and spray acrylics and inks. So it's all, you know, it all works well together, but it gives you a lot of variety to play around with. And yeah, the sprays, I kind of developed this like little technique, um, maybe about a year ago where I actually had these acrylic sprays and they're perfect because they're odorless acrylic sprays. So you can use them inside and they're amazing. And um, I picked plants and flowers and things from my yard and I'll actually lay them onto my canvases and spray around them to get a really cool positive and negative shape. And then um, I paint around them and it's kind of a fun, fun thing to play with. Yeah, that's so cool because I was I was noticing that and I was imagining just like a spray can. So could you tell us like what kind of acrylic spray is it? Does it come it like is it a certain brand or do you create it yourself or how does that work? It's actually a brand and they sell them. There's like a you did them online. There's also a local art store in town that I get. They're like little mini ones. Okay. But yeah, they're they're pretty awesome. And I use pretty much Liquitex for most of my acrylics. Um, sometimes golden as well, but I, I kind of love Liquitex. Very cool. Do you use um, brushes mostly? Or I feel like I saw a picture where you had some sort of spatula, like a sort of a thing you were like scraping on the canvas. So tell me about your, your tools a little bit. I do use some kind of like scraping spatula. So most of it is just brushes. Um, I just, lots of brush work. Yeah. Cool. That's awesome. Um, do you have any favorite brands of brushes? I feel like I don't have any favorite brands. They're just random ones I've accumulated. So I'm always curious. I have <laughs> ones that are Royal and it's like a Zen brand and they're kind of a metallic looking brush. I think they're um, like a plastic on the inside, but they kind of look silver. And I love them because you can sit them in your water cup and they don't like, you know, sometimes the plastic or the paper or wood will, will chip away if they're sitting in your water cups. Yeah. They don't do that at all. So I love that. And they just have a real nice feel to them. Oh, very cool. I think I have one Zen brush. I know what you're talking about where it, it, um, yes, it doesn't have that cracking problem. I've had that with other ones that have the enamel on the outside. So that's, that's good to know. (laughs) So could you tell us kind of, how do you start a piece? I know sometimes we have a bunch of different ways we start. So, (laughs) um, just kind of, if you have a multiple ways, just sort of pick one and let us in on sort of your process. my work all the same way. So I have maybe like an idea or thought that's kind of been, you know, popping around in my head and something that I'm working out. And then I just, I paint on birchwood panels. So they're, they're great because they soak up an acrylic, um, kind of almost like a paper wood, I guess. And so I start with like really loose watered down acrylics and almost like a watercolor and just lots of loose drippy layers and in the beginning, I'm just kind of playing with colors I want to use, just splattering my, my board basically with paint. And I don't exactly know the direction it's going to go. I'm um, just playing with color and experimenting. 
And then as I get the whole piece covered, that's where I kind of work out my ideas and get my composition more narrowed down and kind of figure out where I want the piece to go. Um, yeah, but the beginning is like my, my favorite part because it's just very loose and just just fun. Yeah, you seem to have sort of abstract going on in the back a little bit, like with really expressive strokes and things like that. And it's almost like I'm looking at some of your pieces right now, it almost seems like there's the bouquets are sort of like melting into the background sometimes where there's this like push and pull of, you know, what's in the foreground and what's in the background. And I love that. I think that's really beautiful. Do, do you use images at all when you're creating or is it mostly out of your mind? I'm a little bit of both. I don't use a lot of images per se, but I, I do pull flowers into my studio. So whether it's from my yard or from, you know, bouquets that I've bought, um, I like the idea of having a loose, loose look of a flower. Like I'm never trying to get it, you know, exactly realistic because I like that kind of just gestural image of a flower, I guess. So, um, yeah, I just kind of get ideas from things that I'm around me and then kind of make up my own sometimes as well. Yeah. Yeah. And it seems like you, um, like you work your paintings and like make a lot of changes. How do you know when it's done? Do you have any like, um, I don't know, qualifiers? Do you have to live with it for a while or how do you kind of think through that? Oh, I definitely do. This is my really big pieces. My favorite size of paint is about like two feet by four feet. And, um, those pieces, because they're so large, I just feel like they take a lot of time to kind of, to look at. So they'll live in my studio for a while, or even I'll, I'll, put them on the wall somewhere in my house and just walk past it. And I don't know, sometimes it just was, doesn't feel right. And then that's when I usually all paint over something or I'll change the color palette completely or, you know, rework certain areas. And I don't know, there just gets to this point where it feels, feels right. Everything kind of blends together well. And I don't know, it just feels done, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever, do you feel like, um, like it needs to achieve the emotion you started out with, or do they kind of change directions sometimes? I think they definitely change directions, but I do want them to kind of feel whatever I set out for to begin with. Um, and it doesn't always look the same as what I had in that, in, you know, in, in mind, but it's still kind of in that, you know, starting place a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Um, could you share what is the most fun part of your creative process? Like what is it where you just sort of feel like you're at play the most and you're just sort of forgetting about, you know, what the final part of the process, you know, the final finished thing has to be where you're just sort of losing yourself in it? Yeah, I think I'm in that like zone mode, definitely like in the beginning and then probably towards the end where it's almost complete. And I don't know if this is true for most artists, but I feel like the middle is like, is a process where it just, you fight with it and you battle it. And sometimes you, you know, you hate it. Yes. <laughs> it's work, I think the middle stages, but the beginning and the end are my favorites. Um, both for very different reasons and both have a different feel to them. But yeah, I would say, let's say that. Cool. Yeah. Is that like when you're laying down, like the beginning is when you're laying down sort of the strokes and things like that. Right. Just being really. Lots of color and just lots of, drips and splatters and color everywhere and maybe just like a loose sketches of where my florals are going to be and um, sprays and just 
a ton of experimenting. I mean, it really, it looks like an abstract piece before I get any detail in there. That's so cool. Do you, so with your acrylics, are they the fast drying kind or do you slow dry? I use fast dry. Okay. I've never experimented with the slow ones, but it sounds like they would, you know, leave more room for the push and the pull versus like things just drying, you know, immediately. I think um, I like the slow drying for like portraiture or things where I want it to kind of have a little bit of a, a dry time. But because I do so many layers, I kind of like that it dries so quickly so I can keep adding because I think have tons and tons of layers to them. Yeah. Yeah. That's totally, that totally makes sense. Sometimes I'm hitting mine with the blow dryer. <laughs> You're trying to like get it to go faster. I'm like, it's nap time quick. <laughs> That's so cool. So I'm curious about your colors. So like your work seems to really have a cohesive color palette. Although like, I feel like the same thing with my work where it's like, no, it doesn't. Each one feels so different. But when you kind of see them as a whole, they, they hang together and sort of have this similarity where it's like definitely you and your style. I'm curious, like, do you, where do you get your color inspiration? I think naturally everyone's drawn to certain colors. And colors I use, I think, are just ones that I am particularly drawn to. And I think it also probably goes into play of what your surroundings are. I think a lot of my colors, they fit into where I live and um, things around me. I don't use a ton of green in my work. Even though I do flowers, I don't really have a lot of green in my work. If I do use green, it's more of like a, a sagey or a, kind of a dulled down green. They're not like a vibrant green at all. Um, I love blues and, and pinks and kind of softer palettes with like a combination of some bold colors. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't know where it kind of comes from, but I'm, I'm really inspired by color. I'm always looking for color and I, I'm like one of those people that goes to the paint store and steals all the paint swatches because I just, I love collecting bits of inspiration and color. Yeah. Yeah. That I saw, I think I saw on your Instagram that you had some sort of mood board things that you were, um, working on. And that's such a good idea. Yeah. Do you have, um, other than like going to the paint store and then your garden, do you ever go online for inspiration or from books or magazines, or do you kind of stay away from that? Um, I don't go online a lot for inspiration because I like it to feel like generally mine. Um, but I do, you know, pull things from magazines or books or I don't know, anything that kind of catches my eye. I like things physically in my hand when I use for inspiration for mm. um, like mood boards or things. I like to play with the textures and move things around. So I think online, it's hard for me to do that. Um, so I have this like little old vintage suitcase in my studio and it's got all these just little bits of things that I found that inspire me. So I'm having like a, um, a day where I'm having a hard time finding inspiration or I want to pull some ideas for a piece. I will get everything out and I'll lay it on the floor. And I don't know, that always gets my mind kind of, thinking of ideas and kind of going with different directions and colors. And I like that. I love that. That's such a great idea. I know I feel like I am kind of on, um, I've done a lot of digital inspiration the last couple of years. And so I'm trying to get more into books and just getting like beautiful, since I paint flowers too, like bouquet books or floral arranging books or things like that, just to kind of activate my brain in a new way. And then you can kind of like sit and look at it without the distraction of screens. So I'm trying to like go more in that direction a little bit. So that's really cool and inspiring. Um, 
Let's see. Okay. Two sort of nuts and bolts questions for you that um, weren't in your list of questions, but I'm curious. So do you, number one is, do you work on multiple pieces at the same time? Um, oh, well, well, let's just start with that one. <laughs> yeah, I definitely do. Um, I have probably like five or six at least going at a time. Um, and part of the reason is that is because there's always a point where I'm stuck and I need to, to let it go. I need to have it breathe for a while. And I don't have a ton of time to work always. Um, I don't know if I mentioned, but I have five kids. So I try to utilize the time I have to paint the best I can. So if I'm stuck on a piece, I just set it aside for the day and get something else out. And that way I, I, I'm, I feel like it feels more organic that way than really trying to force a piece when it's not coming to me right then. Yeah, that's such a good idea. I have, um, I'm trying to like move towards that. I've always been a very like one piece sort of a person. And so I'm trying to like think, okay, how can I, yeah, like you said, like use your time more wisely if you're like stuck on something rather than just stopping. And I think that can work for some people. Some people are very start to finish. Like if they get off task and they don't have to finish it. So I think it just depends on your personality. I, I like coming back to a piece after I've been away from it for a while. So I think it just depends on what works for you for that. Yeah, that's great. And then, okay, so then my second question was, um, is, do you find when you're, when you're using your tubes of paint, do you buy a bunch of like specifically mixed special colors that you find you use a lot in your studio or do you have, do you tend to mix your colors more often? I actually use pretty much just a primary color palette. Um, I don't use a lot of other colors in that. I use, you know, just basic reds and yellows and blues, all the, you know, all the very different kinds of cadmiums and cobalts and all, all that, the different colors. And then um, I, I mix pretty much everything. So I think it gives it a, a softer feel than, you know, buying all of the colors and kind of gives it more organic look. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, okay. So now I'm curious. So you said that you went to art school and I did too. And so, you know, we get taught a lot of the rules, like the, you know, you always build a painting this way, or you need to work on the background before the foreground or all of those different things, the different things that sort of get ingrained in us when we're in art school. So now that you're out on your own, what kind of art rules do you find that you follow still in your work and what ones do you, uh, you know, sort of break? <laughs> I find a lot of joy in breaking the art rules sometimes. It's funny you say that because I think after going to art school, there was like a little bit of time afterwards where I was kind of crippled almost creatively because I was always worried about breaking rules. And I think you do have to find that balance of sticking to, you know, rules that actually make sense, but also kind of forge in your own way a little bit too. Um, I think rules that I always stick to are they definitely like how you're using your supplies. Like I want to make sure I'm using, you know, good quality supplies. I'm using them correctly where it's going to last. Um, I'm, you know, varnishing my pieces and, and things like that, where you're going to make a piece that's good quality and lasting. I think those things are important. Um, and I think I follow a lot of like, you know, composition and, Things like that, those kind of mentality things from art school. Um, I think one of the things I probably break the most that I remember a painting instructor always kind of giving me a hard time about was uh, she wanted me to spend so much time drawing 
my painting out. Just draw. I can't paint a good painting without a drawing. And I, I don't like drawing on my painting. I don't actually draw at all on my paintings. Everything is done just through the paint. And um, so I think that's probably the thing I don't, I don't do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. I feel like um, it was really hammered into me like, like how I said, like the background first and then the foreground. And now I go all over the place <laughs> with that. I don't have as much of like that hard distinction between the, the background and the foreground because my pieces are a little bit more flat. So that's really cool to hear. Um, do you have any thoughts on how you developed your creative voice or sort of your personal aesthetic? Um, I think some of it was just intuitive. There are just ways I create that are just I don't know, it just comes to me the way um, maybe I layer or do certain things. And I think the more you create, the more my voice is kind of developed. So the more I, I experiment and play with things. And I think sticking with the same thing for a while really kind of helps you experiment. And it's helped me kind of figure out, you know, how I like to manipulate paint and different things and kind of gain my own aesthetic look, I guess. Yeah. And I've noticed, so you said, mentioned sticking with the same thing. Um, like flowers are definitely seem like the predominant thing that you paint, but I've noticed you do do like, um, some animals here and there and like a landscape. So how do different, um, different subjects fit into your, uh, I don't know, into your painting practice, I guess I would say. Yeah. I mean, cause I love painting. I really like to paint anything, but I think when you start selling your work, it's important to kind of stick to a style for a while. And, um, and I'm still kind of, I'm still at that place where I don't feel like I'm done with, with what I'm working on. I'm not ready to kind of do something completely different. I'm still in that place where I'm, I'm learning and playing and still growing with the work I'm making right now. Um, but I, I like to, you know, I used to actually do mostly portraiture. So it's funny that I do flowers now, I guess. Oh, um, Wow. Yeah, so I don't know. Was portraiture more something that came out of you being in school or um, like how did you find your way to flowers? I think I'm, honestly, I'm just really inspired by people. So before it kind of came out, it's just literally painting people. And now I, I'm still kind of painting people, but I'm just doing it through flowers, I guess. So a lot of the times the pieces I'm doing the flowers remind me of a person. I don't know. I don't know why, but flowers are always have been like a way for me to connect people and stories. So I think of like, when I think of like, for example, like tulips, I always think of my dad when I was a kid going around in our yard and planting tulip bulbs for me for the spring or, um, you know, my neighbor behind our house, she had this beautiful clematis bush. And so whenever I see those kind of flowers, I think of her. So a lot of times flowers remind me of people. I don't know if that's like normal, but, um, a lot of times I'm thinking about people when I'm painting them. Oh, that's so cool. Yes. I remember reading um, on your website that you said that you were, yeah, you have stories in mind. Are those usually stories that are from your life in some way or do you make up stories? I'm so curious about yeah, this. Yeah. Maybe stories that, have, that remind me of someone or something that's going on now or just I don't know, things that remind me of a, a certain person. Um, I think some of the bouquets where I name after people kind of, <laughs> this is kind of a random story, but um, so my husband is a pastor and um, because of it, he does lots of funerals 
And I would make bouquets for a lot of these funerals as, you know, gifts for the families. And I would always think of like, if I was going to put together a bouquet for this person, what flowers would I use? What colors would I use? What, what describes this person? And, um, I think that kind of carried over into my work a little bit too. That is so interesting. I love that. So what are, what are some of the things that you are, um, exploring that like keeps you, like you said, you didn't feel like you were done with this series. You're still exploring what keeps you interested in your work or, um, what sort of new things pop up that make you think of like a different series or keeps the inspiration flowing for you? Yeah. I think I'm always inspired. I think, uh, there's always ideas bouncing around my head. I think actually having to discern what's right to say yes to, because because you have an idea, I guess it doesn't mean you have to, to pursue it. You know what I mean? Like, I think sometimes you have to be able to say, okay, there's an idea in my head, but this isn't the right time for that idea. And mm-hmm. sometimes I have to just wait. And, you know, an idea that keeps, keeps at me, keeps, keeps coming out. Then I'm like, okay, well, what, what is this? Why, why am I thinking about this? And maybe that's something I need to pursue and, you know, make creatively. But um, I don't know. There's just, I'm always by inspired by things around me and just all sorts of different things. That's cool. I know I noticed that like sometimes you fill the canvas all the way with flowers and other times they're more grounded, like in a vase. Do you kind of go in series like that of how you arrange your flowers? Yeah. So I started the, my garden series, which is, doesn't have any vases. Um, last year for a show I was doing and I just kind of fell in love with the look of it and most of my work now kind of has that that feel um it just feels very very natural and reminds me of a spring garden and I really like the way it looks on, on my in my home as well so I hope other people do as well yeah, I love those those pieces. They're so atmospheric. They have such a great like sort of misty quality to them because I think of your using the spray mm-hmm. and um yeah, and it's like in nature we don't see flowers gathered the same way that we see them when they're, you know, handled by humans and so they have that really like free natural feel to them. I love those ones. Mm. Yeah, okay. So Before we move into sort of the final questions here, I had one more question that I was really curious about. I think um, I am always really um, hungry for inspiration or um, advice from other mothers who are artists. Um, Would you mind sharing like how your life works with with your five children and how you find the time or make the time, I think is probably more realistic, (laughs) um, to paint? And could you share a little bit about that? Sure. Well, um, I haven't always been great at it. Um, there, like I said, there was a time where I wasn't painting hardly at all. And I think it might've been around like when I was pregnant with our third child, maybe that I just felt like creatively drained and I knew I needed that outlet again. So I just kind of forced myself to make the time. And, um, actually I signed up to be like an application for an art fair. And I thought, well, it's no big deal. I'm not going to get in this art fair. So um, I'll just sign up. And then, you know, a couple weeks later, I got an application um, acceptance letter. And then I, I said, oh, now I have to. It was kind of like the like, oh, crap. Now I have to actually make art. 
like the fire <laughs> that I needed. And I was, so I was for three months I, at night, I was just constantly creating and pushing myself and staying up late and getting work done. But it was like the boost I needed to get creating again. And then, so um, I showed up to my, my first art festival in, in years and I had a four week old baby and um, it was, it went so well. I actually sold all of my work and I won, um, I think an honorable mention at that show. And Oh, wow. That's fantastic. I forget what I won, but I won an award at that show. And so ever since, I've just kind of realized, like, okay, I need to make time for this, um, not just for myself, but also as, as a job, because I left my teaching job to pursue it full time. So now I, I pretty much, um, I'll paint in the evenings after my kids go to sleep. And then uh, three of my, or two of my kids are in school full time. And then I have one in preschool. And then I have two that are home with me. And so my mom will sometimes watch the littlest ones for a couple of mornings here and there so I can get some work done. And I tag team with my husband. He's an awesome support system. And we just, I just, wherever I have little pockets of time, I, I try to get work done. Yeah. I think that is something that I really found as when I became a mom that it's like, I I realized how much time I wasted back when I had no no kids and it was sort of like the day just went on and on and on and I would like spend a lot of time doing like nothingness stuff and now it's like okay got 20 minutes let's go <laughs> do you feel so much more productive like you know you have a certain number of minutes so you make it work yes and being okay with just doing things for small amounts of time and it building towards something bigger, I found has been a big change for me. Um, not feeling like I have to have, you know, a couple hours in order to right. achieve something. Totally. Yeah. That's so good. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, here's our kind of final three questions here. So would you mind sharing a recent struggle in your creative practice and a recent triumph? And these can be big things or little things. I think mostly our everyday lives, they're mostly little things, but <laughs> I'd love to hear about that. I would say mine's a little bit flip-flop. So I had a really awesome summer um, with my art. I was selling a lot of large pieces and um, I did a few shows and a couple gallery openings and I, I won Best of Show. So it was, I just had a lot of great things going on over the summer. And, um, and then I had um, my son in September and it was, it was like hard for me to adjust again. And, um, so after this, like, you know, great summer of producing art and selling art, it was kind of like a, a standstill for a little while. So I think that was a kind of a struggle to get back, back at it and to kind of every, you know, I feel like every time you add a person to your house, you have to adjust to a different lifestyle and different different little guy in, in the house. So that was probably yeah. a recent struggle. You can call it a struggle. How did you, f oh yeah. Yeah. How did you find your way back into making your work after that? I think I'm just more realistic. Like I, I was putting so much pressure on myself that it was kind of hindering my creative process actually. So I think um, I just let go of some things and realized I can't do it all. And some days are better than others. And it is what it is, you know. I think you just don't have time to do everything. Yeah, 
Yeah, for I'm I've been thinking about that a lot too where you were saying that um you know you can do so many things and it's almost like getting overwhelmed by all the things you want to be doing right now but then you're figuring out like what are the things that really are the essential things or the you know the foundation of like why am I doing this in the first place those are like it takes so much editing. <laughs> it's a lot of like saying no to really fun sounding things. And I think people don't realize who maybe aren't creators or in the art scene, all the back end and promotion and, and social media and all the things that go into really selling your work too, that takes so much time that I think that probably has, um, has slacked since I've had, had my son. I don't quite have time to do all, all the things I would like to do to promote my work, uh, you know, social media wise, but it is what it is, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And for a season, you'll probably ramp back up again. <laughs> so um, if you, I, I'm excited to ask this question. So if you could own a piece of um, any contemporary artist or maker, who would you choose? This one is so hard because there's so many artists I love and you could give us a list. This is more of a, this is more of a, let's find out about some cool people we don't know about yet rather than making you choose one. (laughs) So um, I started something, my husband and I, we got married. We buy an original piece of art every year. That's our goal. And it's not always a big piece. Sometimes it's just a really small piece. Um, But I, I honestly, I, I try to buy local artists a lot of times. So a lot of my favorite artists right now are actually Toledo-based artists. And um, the gallery that shows my work, every time I go there, I, I want to buy like 10 pieces of art for my home. Um, <laughs> so I think that's probably um, where it's art. Actually, one of the artists I found online, her work is sold with gallery now too, Hope Olson. Have you heard of her? Hope Olson, no. She does um, really beautiful, kind of floral still life work too. But it was neat to actually see her work online and then see it in a gallery setting. I love actually getting to see people's work that you follow online up close and in person. I think that's a neat thing. Yeah, that's that's great. Okay, so we got a new person to look up. <laughs> yeah, and, and what is the name of the gallery? It's Fuller Art House. Fuller Art House. Okay, cool. I will check that out. Um, Okay, so as we're wrapping it up here, um, would you share like what you're currently working on or any any projects that you'd like to promote or anything like that? Sure. Um, I guess right now I'm kind of in that season where I'm creating as much as I can for art festivals that I'll be in over the summer. So I'm doing a lot of that. Um, I also just finished artwork for a um, women's devotional that will be released in April. So it's called Altogether Beautiful. And um, I'm really excited about that to come out in print. So that'll be, that'll be exciting. That's really cool. So how did you get um, like the text of it that you could make work in conjunction with, or are they just using oh, pieces of yours? I met the, the author a couple of years ago. And um, we've kind of collaborated on this project, and it's a, a Bible study on the Song of Psalms, and um, I was able to do all the artwork for the, the book and devotional. So, yeah, it was a fun project. That's really cool to be able to, like, pair your work with, um, like, 
text and kind of collaborate in that way. That was, it was a lot of fun. I've never done anything like that before. That's awesome. Cool. Well, thank you so much for sharing about your work and your process. This was really fun. And I love like digging into other artists and their studio spaces and how they think about their work. It's been great. Thank you so much for sharing. Thanks for having me. Thank you again, Katie, for sharing with us today. Katie's website and all of the art materials, resources, and artists we mentioned in the episode are linked up in the show notes. So just visit juliemarriottart.com slash podcast to find those. Thanks so much for listening today, you guys. Um, If you have been enjoying the show and been inspired by some of the things that we've been talking about, would you please leave a rating and review on iTunes? It's super helpful to help other artists and creatives find the podcast, and I would love to hear what you're thinking about the show. Also, if you have an artist friend or a creative friend of any sort, would you share the podcast with them? Um, I would love to spread it to as many other artists and creative people as possible. So feel free to tag them in one of my podcast posts on Instagram or share an episode by emailing it to them directly or anything like that. I would love that. And I really would appreciate your help in spreading it to even a wider audience. Until next time, guys, I hope you'll continue in your own unique way to make, share, and grow. Thanks for listening to Make, Share, Grow. You can keep up with the podcast and my artwork on my website, juliemarriottart.com, and on Instagram at juliemarriottart.com.